The Sports Gambling Podcast is presented by MyBookie.ag. MyBookie.ag is the official online sportsbook of the Sports Gambling Podcast. Be it props, parlays, in-game wagering, MyBookie.ag has it all. And if you use the sign-up code SGP50, you'll receive a 50% deposit bonus. With MyBookie, you play, you win, and you get paid. The Sports Gambling Podcast is also brought to you by Amazon. You probably already shop at Amazon, but why not shop at Amazon and support us here at the Sports Gambling Podcast for bringing you these shows for free. All you have to do to support us is log on to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Amazon, bookmark that link, and use it every time you shop at Amazon to support the podcast today. Let it ride. are listening to the EPL show here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Follow the Sports Gambling Podcast Network on Twitter at the SGP Network. This is the final EPL show of the season. This is the final week of the season. There will be a review show next week as we review the EPL season and we will be previewing the FA Cup final. But this is it. This is the show where we look at the last week. This is the weekend that's going to determine who are the Premier League champions. Will it be Manchester City or will it be Liverpool, which would be the worst thing that can possibly happen? I do go on about that a lot on this show. And obviously it was a massive, massive disappointment for me to uh, see Liverpool make the Champions League final in midweek coming back against Barcelona. But... Just why do I and so many others hate Liverpool so much? I've dug up a little piece for you guys and I want you to have a listen to before we move on with the rest of the show. This is going to be a bit of a longer one. We're going to have some fun this week. So here we go with why all English fans hate Liverpool so much. Anyone but Liverpool. Liverpool has not been this close to winning the Premier League for 30 years. This slogan is commonplace in England. Where did this hate for Mohamed Salah's team come from? Liverpool are often mocked by players and fans. Only two teams who've been top at Christmas have not won the league, and both of them was Liverpool. So, hopefully, that's the story again. Since 1990, they have rarely been title contenders. Liverpool FC has been the target of a wave of abuse. It's becoming a popular trend. Lots of people would rather they didn't win the Premier League. A prime example is when the trolls bring up Steven Gerrard's slip in 2014, which cost Liverpool the title. This feeling is down to the arrogant attitude of the Scouse fans. The fans act as if they are the best team in England. Manchester United, Liverpool's nemesis, have a chance which underlines this lack of silverware. Since Liverpool's last title, Peter Schmeichel has won the Premier League multiple times, had a son, his son has grown up and won a title as well. 
The Anfield myth is another source of irritation. The enthusiasm characterized by the wild nights seen at Anfield, as well as the famous you'll never walk alone, are out of touch, according to opposition fans. Even worse, the stadium is considered a tourist spot, owing to the 100,000 foreign fans who visit Anfield each season. Something which isn't appreciated by domestic fans. When You'll Never Walk Alone is sung before big games, you get the impression that they are the first football team to have come up with a chant. Some people think that if Liverpool win the title, Reds fans will be unbearable. The media coverage around Liverpool has also become annoying. The significant number of former Liverpool players in the media and their lack of objectivity has been singled out in the UK. Their excuses for players when things don't go their way is frustrating. They embody the saying, always the victims, never your fault. Jurgen Klopp blaming the wind and accusing Pep Guardiola of sabotaging the field didn't go down well. As one Chelsea fan says, it all started with the Hazel drama. You always get the impression that when someone dives on the pitch against Liverpool, they'll say it's a plot against them, like against Real Madrid. But when Salah dives, they may be playing well at the moment, but the Reds always suffer from the same comparison. Liverpool play a very attractive style of football, but Manchester City are still the best team to watch. It's not even close. While they inspire millions of people across the world, the Reds are not very popular in England. In the case of the title race, Liverpool are a long way from the end. So you heard there uh, what the issue is with Liverpool Football Club. Um, that was a completely independent video that's not been done by me or edited by me. The hate is real and unanimous. And to give you a prime example of what a Liverpool fan actually sounds like and um, how Liverpool fans really do act, what I've done is I have pulled up a real phone call from this week that was made to Talk Sport, and it came after last weekend's results, where Manchester City won in the uh, in the second half with a wonder goal from Vincent Company. I think that was when Liverpool really realised that there was no chance that they were going to win the title. Well, I mean, anything can happen. We did see that with Barcelona and Liverpool this week, but all Manchester City now need to do at this point is beat Brighton. Uh, they have overcome Manchester United, they've overcome Tottenham, they've overcome Leicester, they've overcome Burnley. These were, on paper, tougher games from a Burnley side that have really, really struggled at the end of the season. So now it really does look like Manchester City are going to win it. And that's why you get phone calls from Liverpool fans like this one. I just want to say, like, uh, I'm a Liverpool fan, um, and because it's been such a gripping title race, I just wanted to say, I just thought, like, we we should get we should get a trophy, you know, even if we come second. <laughs> Why are you laughing? If we get 97 points, that's the, that's the best anyone's ever. Apart what, from 50 last year. What should the trophy be called, Cameron? Just 
Premier League joint winners. What if you lose? Well, not joint winners, like, but clearly, you know. What Alex should the trophy Ferguson be called, Cameron? Alex Ferguson never got that many points. No. Jürgen Klopp them in. No. What should the trophy be called? If Liverpool comes second and get a trophy, what is the name of that trophy? I don't think we need to name it. We can just, we can just give it to Liverpool. <laughs> are you worried about, are you an Evertonian? You are, you must be. No, it's only so I think it was 97 points. That's astronomical. Wow, is that, is that, please don't tell me this is where Liverpool are now. A trophy for coming second. No, just, like, just come up against this City team who, you know, they, they've, they've spent all that money. They, Cameron, you, know, you, get a, you get a trophy if you win it. If you don't, you don't get a trophy. Yeah, but... <laughs> We've got Champions League semi-final going on. Should you get a trophy for coming runners-up in the semi-finals as well? So you could effectively have two trophies this season. Semi-finalists and second in the league. Two trophies. Yeah, we, we won Champions League five times. What, what's anyone else ever done? Oh, the there we go. We got it in the end. We got it in the end. A, a trophy for second place. That's yeah, not where Liverpool are. I'm not going on with that. That's not where they are, Daz, is it? No, I'm not. I'm not. So that was a legitimate phone call from a Liverpool fan asking for them to get a trophy for coming second this season. Obviously, that call was before they turned around that three-goal deficit against Barcelona. But prior to that, despite him being an absolute iconic hero to them now, despite winning nothing, there was a period last year where numerous Liverpool fans were calling for Jurgen Klopp to be sacked as the manager of Liverpool. And I've actually managed to pull up a phone call which proves that one as well. I'm fed up of Klopp, to be honest. I can't believe he bought him Robertson. He hasn't given him a chance. This Sacco incident, uh, nobody's ever mentioned him no more. I don't know what's going on. I thought he, I thought he was one of our best uh, players last year. And he hasn't even given him a chance even to correct whatever issues they had between the pair of them. He hasn't addressed it. But our defence, mate, shambles, terrible, set plays. Don't know where we're going. We're going backwards in my books. And as far as I'm concerned... Don't say it, Frank. No, no, no. I just, I just think he's got to go, mate, to be honest. I think <laughs> <laughs> Frank, what are you talking about, Frank? Listen, Frank, 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 listen. I, I'll be honest, Frank. Being a United fan, being a United fan, Frank, I'm not the biggest Liverpool fan in the world. But I do, I do think for what Klopp did last season, getting Liverpool into the top four to get Champions League football, and it looks like you're going to qualify for the group stages now, he's slowly but surely making Liverpool better. Listen, he's coming up to his third season, yeah? Yeah. We still have a big defensive problem. Agreed. He hasn't addressed it. All this Van Dyke stuff, yeah? He's had other chances to sign other defenders. No matter what defenders he put in, what what system he's put in at the back, we've got a goalkeeper that can't catch a ball. We've got a defence that don't even man mark. Like the old days, right? You pick up a player, you man mark him yeah. and all that. Yeah, We're doing so. these solo marking stuff, yeah. which is a load of rubbish in my books. It doesn't even work. It's an up front and midfield, yeah? We're okay. It's the defence that he's got to sort out. Unless he sorts out the defence, how the hell are we supposed to challenge for the league when we concede three goals against Watford, 
We look like all over the place. Every time the opposition team attacks us, we look in cuckoo land at the back. We look like we're running around like headless chickens. So why can't he address this? He's had three seasons now, mate. How long do we have to wait until he addresses this problem, brings in defenders that can defend, play players in the right position? But me, Logan, yeah? He's giving him enough chances. Mm. Do you know what I mean? To be honest, mate, we're not going to compete for nothing this year. And next week we're playing off and on at home. And to be quite honest, yeah, we rode our luck a little bit tonight. They missed a few, you know, clear-cut chances. But next week against Offenheim, big go out of the Champions League, mate, it wouldn't surprise me. Well, what doesn't surprise me is the absolute idiocy of that caller. He typifies a Liverpool fan. And uh, as we all know, they ended up that season in the top four. They did end up getting out of the Champions League group. They ended up going all the way to the Champions League final. They also signed Virgil van Dijk. And this season, they have the best defensive record in the Premier League. They have challenged for the title. And they are once again in the Champions League final. So... That says to me that Liverpool have good Champions League pedigree. That says to me that Liverpool fans are used to being successful in the Champions League, follow the Champions League and should completely understand the Champions League. At least the basics of it. At least the premise that you get into the Champions League by finishing in the top three or four of your league. And then you go through to the group stage. And if you finish in the top two, you go to the knockout stage, starting with the last 16, where you play a team home and away. And the two scores are added up. And if the scores are level, then it goes to away goals. Sometimes we use the phrase away goals count double. However, this Liverpool fan didn't understand what that meant and how it worked, despite seeing his team qualify for two Champions League finals. Let's have a listen to this moron. Will we go through? Well, you know, uh, a draw will do us in uh, Munich and we'll go through. So we don't need to win. We can need to just draw. If we score a goal, they need to score one or two. So, you know, remember one thing, Andy, away goals counts double. Yeah. So if we score a goal in, in Munich, they would have to score two. Yeah. We score two, they'd have to score four. So you have to remember that uh, we're still mm. in a very good position. I think we three, have I think three Steve. Steve. <laughs> Steve, I think if you score two away goals, they'll only need to get three. I mean, it's, it's not... Steve, it's not actually double. You know, it's not actually... Like, if you score three away goals, they don't okay. have to score okay. six. <laughs> Oh my god. If you if he scored three, they've got to score six. Andy. That's, oh my god. That is the most amazing thing I've ever heard. Ever. Yeah, it's um it's pretty amazing how special these Liverpool fans really are, and I don't mean that in a complimentary way at all. Up next, we listened to another call. Earlier on, we heard one about uh, a guy wanting Jurgen Klopp sacked uh, last season. Well, unbelievably, despite challenging for the league all throughout the season, after their one and only loss of the season, a Liverpool fan wanted Jurgen Klopp sacked this season. Have a listen to this. I'm not being funny, Andy. I'm not being funny. 
Only we we were the ones that were seven points clear. We should have gone there, won the game, and won the league. Now they've got all the momentum because we played two old, overrated midfielders, and I don't know how one of them wears the armband for us. And we've got a centre half who's the best in the world, according to himself, who cannot defend to save his life. It's just an absolute joke, mate. We've lost cup finals under this man. We've not won anything yet. We've thrown a real opportunity away, and I hate to say it, we've done it again. We've thrown it away again. For me, Jurgen got it wrong. He had Pep's number last year, but I tell you what, this mm. season he hasn't got it. We've lost today, and we should never have lost. It's as simple as that, and I simply will not forgive that manager unless we win this league. If we don't win the league, he's failed again, and you know he's failed again because he hasn't won anything. He spent a lot of money, and he spent it in the right areas. We've got the team now. The tactics tonight were his fault. You're not suggesting if you finish the season without anything, he'll go, are you? I think he should go, mate. Yeah, this is a Liverpool team that have lost one game all season and are about to finish with a record points total for runners-up. They will finish the season with 97 points and are unlikely to win the league. But um, somebody wanted them to go earlier on in the season. I also want to mention again, they're in the Champions League final. I've pulled up another call. It's an oldie, but it's one of my favourites. And it's when a Liverpool fan called up on national radio and started crying about his team. Good evening, Stanley. Doing, mate? Very well, thanks. Talk to me about Liverpool, your club. What needs to happen next? Yeah, I'm totally broken hearted about them. I've got to be honest, Stan, mate. I've been with them since I was six. I'm 41 now. I think they've got to get rid of Rodgers, bring in either Yoshim Lowe or Jurgen Klomp, and let them demand the players that they want to bring them in to make Liverpool the great club, the best team that England has ever had, and make them better way again. How, how upset are you this oh, season? I am, I am just... I am more than broken hearted, Stan. Liverpool fans are so wonderful that, you know, you couldn't want for better fans. And when you're getting players like Sterling moaning and groaning, you know, surely there's wrong things happening there and it needs to be sorted out. Do you know, know how much you love this club? I can hear it in your voice. <laughs> oh, Stan, I'd die for Liverpool because they're just absolutely God on earth. They really are. I love them to pieces. Liverpool fans are just outstanding. The history they've got. I mean, you look at them all. I mean, Liverpool and Manchester United have got the greatest history in this country and they haven't had to buy it. Chelsea and City have had to buy it. We haven't had to do that. We haven't had to do that. You know, Arsenal are holding up there at the top, you know. Why can't we do that? You know, I mean, you played there, Stan. You know, yeah. you know, you know Scott, John, mate. John, I, I, hear the, I hear the passion and upset in your voice and, uh, and there's not more I can add to that. Yeah, that was um, that was a Liverpool fan having a breakdown. Listen to his pronunciation of Jakim Lowe and their own manager, Jurgen Klopp. And also his comments about Raheem Sterling was really funny because he went and absolutely smashed it and won trophies as soon as he left Liverpool. Something Liverpool haven't done since Sterling left them. The last call I'm going to play is from uh, Noel Gallagher. It's Noel Gallagher talking on TalkSport about Liverpool and Liverpool fans. And obviously, Noel Gallagher is one half of Oasis. The other is, of course, Liam Gallagher. You guys should know them over in the States. Have a listen to this. How do Liverpool fans treat you when you go there? Uh, Liverpool fans are a bit weird. They get over-emotional and they think, you know, they're like the Queen Mother Liverpool fans, aren't they? You know what I mean? They kind of, they think everybody loves them. Uh, they're kind of a little bit deluded. But I've got, I've got, I've got three Liverpool fans in my band who are on stage with me. Yeah. And, um, it's great watching the meltdown round about March. You know, I mean, and particularly in the Champions League final where we were on stage, 
um, we were on stage while it was on and um, the, the couple of the Liverpool fans I could see them kind of dying as the gig went on and I must say after they smashed up our team coach in the, in the quarter final I don't know I, don't, I think I divided as much pleasure from that as I did from winning the league <laughs> but, but the music doesn't drop you know when, when they've got the home you're, like, you're keeping an eye on them Oh yeah, because I'm paying them, so if they don't pay them, I'm playing them. <laughs> I love it. That's brilliant. Yeah, that was Noel speaking about how it gave him as much pleasure to see them lose the Champions League final as it did his own City team winning the league. And I completely agree with that. And I can understand, especially after the Liverpool fans perpetrated another act of hooliganism, destroying the Manchester City bus. That was another disgusting act that they managed to get away with like they always do. Um, they also got away with um, keeping the Barcelona players awake with fireworks, chucking fireworks at their hotel in midweek. Nothing's going to be done about that. Nothing's going to be done about Jurgen Klopp coming on the pitch earlier on in the season they're they're exempt from all sanctions from the FA because everybody is so desperate to win their league because they do see them as such victims um, referees favour them because they see them as victims um, the media favour them because of the way that they covered Hillsborough back in 1989 um, they have all of the pundits on TV as we, as somebody mentioned, uh, you've got Redknapp, Carragher, Sunes. It's just full of Liverpool players, ex-Liverpool players who, who haven't won any league titles apart from Sunes. So all Liverpool failures, pretty much. And um, the heart of the problem, as Noel Gallagher pointed out to, is the way that the fans act. And it goes all the way back to 1985, which takes us to a serious note because people died in 1985 at the Hazel disaster and that was alluded to in one of the videos but the media won't go into it in too much detail because we're supposed to forget because they were poor such victims and nothing's ever their fault even though they were the cause of two disasters in 1985 and 1989 four years apart they caused the death of multiple Juve fans and I'm not going to get into the incident just go and read about it. Heisel, 1985. Liverpool and Juve were in a cup final. Liverpool caused the death of multiple Juve fans and English clubs uh, were banned from Europe. So as you know it now, as the Champions League was formerly the European Cup and the English fans were all banned because of the acts of Liverpool hooliganism an act of Liverpool hooliganism and the Liverpool hooligans and were banned for five years because of Liverpool. And in 1989, um, Liverpool fans, 96 of them were killed by their own supporters when 2,000 or 3,000 Liverpool fans turned up to a game without tickets, forced their way past the police, forced their way into the stadium and squashed their own fans against the fence. That was back in the day where we had fencing in English grounds and they killed 96 of their own supporters by turning up without tickets and rushing into the ground, not hearing the screams, not pulling back, continuing to press forward and, as I said, killing their own fans. But if you don't believe my side of it, go and have a look at Hillsborough, Google Hillsborough, 1989. But somehow they're the victims of that. Somehow they're the victims of everything. We have tributes every year. They blindly blame the police. Uh, they hate the Sun newspaper because the Sun newspaper reported on eyewitness reports saying that Liverpool fans were stealing from dead bodies on the floor. That is how Liverpool fans are. We refer to them as scousers. Some people refer to them as scallies. Uh, they have a high rate of crime. They have a high rate of unemployment. 
they are the scum of England. It's not a nice place to go to. Yes, Liverpool is synonymous with giving us the Beatles, but it's also synonymous with giving us these scumbags, these criminals, these thieves, these unemployed people, these morons, these racists. Um, there's so many jokes about Liverpool. There's so many jokes about Liverpool sports. But on a serious note, they don't deserve to win the league. And it's not just about the delusion. It's not just about having all these um, these pundits on TV. It's not just about the way the media cover them. It's, it's about everything combined together. And it's a combined hatred of Liverpool that everybody has. And nobody wants to see them win the league. And I don't think people were particularly happy either about Tottenham getting to the Champions League final. Because Tottenham are not very liked. In terms, but it's based not at all on their wonderful manager or the great players that all also played for England but again they have a type of fan base that are not very likeable at all it's all guys that pipe up on social media and and don't really know that much about football they're the kind of guys that decided to support a team because everybody was watching the World Cup and they wanted to get on the bandwagon and they thought, oh, what team should I support for four years? And and that would be Tottenham because I sat with Tottenham fans at Wembley for two years and they didn't have a clue about football. And um, even at their new ground, they're more interested about um, what, what food they can get there and, and what fancy beers that they can drink and uh, staying in and uh, finishing their alcohol and missing the first 10 minutes of the second half. It's just... A type of fan that um, that I don't that I don't like. It's uh, it's new money. It's it's as I call it. They're the fans that used to support Chelsea or Arsenal, and they now gravitate towards Tottenham. As I said, because they have more players that played in the World Cup. Um, you can have a problem with City fans as well, but Liverpool fans are the worst. But as I said, the situation is tough uh, because if you're an Arsenal fan. And you, and you hate Tottenham, you will also hate Liverpool. So I don't know what the situation would be for an Arsenal fan. It's kind of like um, having a gun against your head and having your dad behind you with, with his hard cock or um, you, having, you having your mum in front of you with her legs wide open. Do you back up and let your dad fuck you or do you move forward and put your own dick inside your mum? Uh, that's the situation that Arsenal fans are in right now and it won't matter if they win the Europa League because they are going to have to watch either Liverpool or Arsenal win the uh, Champions League and I'll be massively supporting Tottenham in that one because I don't really have a massive issue with Tottenham. I actually really do like the Tottenham team, a lot of their players and the manager, but I do have some issues with Tottenham fans. I think they're very, very plastic. But, Let's move on with the show and we'll start with Manchester City where hopefully they will wrap up the Premier League. They are 1-7 to favourites to win this game and do so. 13-2 to to draw and 16-1 to on Brighton. Uh, I think it may take some time to break Brighton down, but once they do, I don't think Brighton are going to get back into the game and score. I think it's going to be primarily City attacking. So I'm taking City to nil here, even money. Um, as I said... Pretty much very similar to the last two games, two one nils that they've had. I think this may be slightly more convincing because Brighton are really not the team that Liverpool wanted Manchester City to be playing on the final game of the season uh, because they have been in very, very poor form. Only Huddersfield have been worse than Brighton. So expecting Manchester City to win this one without many problems, win that one to nil, hopefully. But you never know. Up next, you have Arsenal as favourites at Burnley and Arsenal are not going to get into the Champions League via the league they need an eight goal turnaround from Tottenham and they need Tottenham to lose and for themselves to win at Burnley and this is just coming off the back of qualifying for the Europa League final on Thursday the 21 uh, 21 to 20 favourites to do so 13 to 5 the draw and it's 21 to 10 on Burnley 
I'd be taking Burnley as an underdog in this one. I'd be at least looking at um, on draw no bet at seven to five. I'd be looking at a lot of these home teams, in fact, because one of the things they don't want is an Arsenal situation. Mess up your final home game and then have to do your um, presentations at the end with only half the stadium full or in Arsenal's case, one-tenth of the stadium was full to see Peter Cech say goodbye, to see Aaron Ramsey say goodbye and the players even look demoralised and nobody wants to finish on a low note while their home fans are there. So the same goes for Burnley. Uh, the same goes for Crystal Palace against Bournemouth. Uh, Crystal Palace is 17-20, to 29-10 to draw, 14-5 on Bournemouth despite the fact that Palace have had a better away record this season I do think that this will be a factor and they'll finish out winning at home same for Fulham 11-10 to against Newcastle 5-2 to to draw and 7-4 to on Newcastle Newcastle have no incentive Fulham have the incentive of winning in front of home fans plus the fact that, that Scott Parker just got appointed as the new manager of Fulham he's a popular guy and I expect him to win his first real game in charge before they go to the championship and uh, the same could be said for Leicester the only thing with the Leicester one here against Chelsea is um, despite the fact Chelsea are going to a um, Europa League final and are already in the Champions League, they will they will prefer to finish third because it's an easier route into the Champions League than having to go through the qualification process. And uh, if Tottenham win and Chelsea don't win, Tottenham will overtake them. So I think Chelsea will be keen to win, but I don't think keen enough here to to risk any of the any of the major players or risk injury I, I just don't expect to see Hazard playing in this game uh, I don't expect some of the Arsenal starters to play in that Burnley game either so uh, I think Leicester might be a good underdog here at 13-10 to 10. Up next, we look at that Liverpool game where they're 1-4 favourites 5-1 to one for the draw and 10-1 to one on Wolves It's tough in terms of where to go with this one because I think Liverpool win the game, but we can't just take Liverpool at 1-4. It's not going to give us any money. Um, so I'm going to take Liverpool to win to nil at 11-10. I think there may be a hangover from the big comeback against Barcelona. And eventually they will break through. And uh, they may even break through before City and uh, really set up some uh, excitement on the final day. And I'm not saying the final day is not going to be exciting. Um, and that Man City are going to win convincingly because that's just not how this title race has gone. But I do think in the end, it will be down to Man City finally having their breakthrough. And uh, it'll be interesting to see who cracks first and who breaks through first because uh, if Liverpool score first, it'll be a much more interesting final day. Although, obviously, we don't want that. We just want City to win it as easily as possible because we hate Liverpool. Man United versus Cardiff is next, where Man United are the one to four favourites. It's five to one to draw and ten to one on Cardiff. Now, I was tempted to lock Man United here, which is kind of an indicator that I'm not going to. They're eight to eleven on the handicap, ten to eleven in some places, in fact. And I would think Man United want to make a statement. It was embarrassed for them this week to do the Player Year Awards on Thursday, whilst all the other English teams around them were getting to cup finals in Europe or Man City's case winning the league and having an FA Cup final to look forward to whereas we have got nothing to look forward to and whether he approaches that with a sense of we need to send our supporters home happy or whether he uses the game to play younger players like Chong and Pereira I'm not too sure at this point I'm hoping that it will be a case of make a statement in which case we'll be taking the minus one and uh, if I do take that we'll be going out to my customers on lockbetting.com so make sure you sign up to that um, we will be covering the Copper America there um, we have got a really good record on the in the NBA and the MLB we'll be talking about that at the end of the show as I close out so lots of reasons to head over to lockbetting.com and see if this becomes an official play but at this point in time um, I am going to lean towards that but um, we'll see if it becomes an official play 
Up next, Southampton versus Huddersfield, where Southampton are the four to seven favourites. It's seven to two to draw and six to one on Huddersfield. Um, this one has lock potential because Huddersfield are shit. I know they got a point against Man United and ruined their entire season, but Man United are to blame for that. It wasn't down to how Huddersfield played, it was down to how poor Man United were, and that's why Man United have got nothing to play for this season. Even though results went their way, they got a terrible result against a Huddersfield team. They only scored their 21st goal of the season. Southampton are six to four here to win this game to nil, which is a great bet. Uh, I really like that one. My official play is going to be Southampton because they're under one to two, but I would definitely recommend taking Southampton with a clean sheet. Final two games, Tottenham versus Everton, where Tottenham are even money's 13 to 5 to draw and 5 to 2 on Everton. Um, there will be some Tottenham players that will be wrapped in cotton wool here, but they won't want to go out with a whimper. There'll be a great atmosphere at Tottenham as they come home. Uh, they've lost their last two home games, so I narrowly fancy them here to, um, to finish on a strong note. They're even money, but I also like the both teams to score here at 4 to 6. Uh, it be interesting, though, to see who Tottenham plays, so make that a wait and see but try and be quick uh, try and get on that team news around about 2pm Sunday and as soon as you see um, Song, Ali and, and the regular starters then go for Tottenham here if you don't see them leave it Last up, Watford versus West Ham, where Watford are exempt from the home rule because they are going to rest players here for the FA Cup final. It's going to be understandable when they put their second team out, which makes West Ham a very good live dog at 21 to 10. Watford, the 11 to 10 favourites, and it's 11 to 4 the draw. And I like West Ham here as an underdog, just like I like Burnley, because I feel that Watford and Arsenal will not put out their strongest sides. Let's close out with the lock dog parlay portion of the show. For the lock on the show, I'm going to go for Sam. Southampton outright, but as I said, highly recommend Southampton to nil as well, plus 156-4. The underdogs between West Ham and, and Burnley, and I'm going to lean towards Burnley, draw no bet, available at 7-5. I can't see any incentive for Arsenal to win this game. They've already blown the Champions League and have a massive Europa League final coming up. And for the parlay, I'm going to play safe with Man United and Liverpool, and I'm going to add Manchester City to nil at 5-4. That parlay pays out really well. It pays out at 1.9. So if you put £100 on it, you can win £290. That concludes the picks for the final EPL show of the season as we look to go to 44 and 5, 45 and 10, sorry, with our locks. The other shows that I do also have great lock records this season the European shows at 29 and 6 the Europa League shows at 13 and 2 they're both exclusive to lockbetting.com the fight show right here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is on 19 and 5 we extended it last week with the Canelo fight we have a UFC special coming out this weekend so it should be out already by the time you're listening to this where we hope to build on that 19 and 5 Anderson Silva will be in action the only disappointment of the season has been the Champions League which has been a real real tough competition to call and we are at 15 11 15 and 11 on that the lock betting stats for baseball this season are at 3 and 1 and I mentioned it earlier the NBA is going really well we are currently at 50 and 18 for the season and that includes only being 5 and 3 in the playoffs so we've done really well in the regular season just about turned it round in the playoff we've had some 
back-to-back winners. We actually started 0-3 in the playoffs. It's really difficult. And uh, I've kind of got my groove now. I kind of have a real feel for what's going on. So 5-3 and three lately. 50-18 for the season in the NBA. So go and check out lockbetting.com. I don't only do soccer. I'm winning money in all sports, as is proven by the fight show. So make sure you check that out. That should be on the feed now. As I said, we're covering this weekend's UFC card. That concludes your Premier League season. I hope you did well. I hope you made money. Even if you didn't sign up at lockbetting.com, the lock record here is 44 and 10. So we were 34 picks above. So you would have most definitely made money following the picks on this show. As I said, we'll be closing out with a uh, a review show with the FA Cup final on it. There will also be a preview of the Europa League final and the Champions League final. All those all English finals will be covered here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. That's it from me. Good luck with all of your bets as always. And thanks for listening. on the phone. Hello, Gareth. Hello, love. Hi, Gareth. What's your thoughts about this, love? <laughs> I think they should attack him. His apology isn't enough. Do you think it's, it's gone no, too a, far? Uh, excuse me, darling. I, I'm uh, a all right, you don't fan. need to call me darling. I'm not I'm a Liverpool darling. fan. I'm a Liverpool fan. Um, and by the way, thank you, Danny, for those calls you just scored against Man United. Oh, no problem. My pleasure. Uh, the fact is, love, uh, back in uh, 80s, Gareth, do you know what? Because you can't speak to me properly, I'm going to sack your call off, love. But there you go. It's finally spring, and I'm saying goodbye snow, hello adventure. And during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event, you can get epic deals on your favorite Honda model. Ready to get rugged? Then take the off-road in an all-wheel drive Honda SUV, like the CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, or redesigned Ridgeline. Want to take a spring road trip? Then check out a fuel-efficient turbocharged Civic or Accord. Say goodbye to winter and hello to a new Honda. Don't miss huge savings during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event. Now at your local Honda dealer.